Hello, Real Life Families. Pastor Tim with you, continuing today with a series called Spirit Living, learning how to live with the Holy Spirit, with developing this great, awesome, personal, meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit, how we can learn how to live with the presence of God and the power of God every day, like in our daily life. And so that's what we're spending time on. Instead of living, I guess I'd use the word self, self-living. Self-living versus spirit living. And that's kind of uh, uh, what, what the challenge is of the Christian life, isn't it? To be able to live in the good of who God is and who we are in Him through Christ. But we can't do that without His power, without His spirit. And so uh, we've been doing this series for about, I think, three weeks now. This is week four, uh, and we have several weeks left because we're trying to learn how to grow in our capacity to live a Holy Spirit-led life because that's the life that's going to be filled with the fruits of the Spirit, right? The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so that's, that's the kind of life we all want. And so we need to learn how to live with the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit leading the way. The Bible says uh, in 1 Corinthians 16, 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? So this is just a phenomenal concept. I know we've talked about this a lot, but we are actually the containers of the presence of God. That the Holy Spirit actually lives in us. Which means He's not like way out there somewhere you know he's not a distant god he's with us he's in us and so much of the time that we're living our life we're living as if god is somewhere else and we're not relying on that on 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 the very fact that he's with us right now we can talk to him right now every moment of the day his power is in us his presence is in us we are fellowshipping with him and we can learn how to walk this life in that relationship. And so, uh, so I'm going to do a quick review. Week one, we talked about how the promise of the Holy Spirit is now being fulfilled. Uh, right now, we are living in the day of Pentecost. This is the day in which God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And we can experience that personal filling um, of the Holy Spirit. For each and every one of us, we can access that right now. comes from primarily a prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, where God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, before Jesus returns. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So this prophecy in Joel chapter 2, we see being fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, and it is continuing to be fulfilled today. We are living in the era of the outpouring of God's Spirit. The gift that Jesus promised the Holy, that the Father would give, the Holy Spirit, has now been given. 
has now been given. And so today, if you have not already received the gift of the Holy Spirit, today you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can open that gift. It is a personal relationship with, with the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, and being filled with His Spirit, being filled with His presence, and then equipped and empowered by God Himself to live this new life that He has for you and for me to enjoy. And so, this is just such a powerful truth. In Acts chapter 2, verses uh, 38 and 39, when Peter was explaining this to the people, and they saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, they asked him, what do we do? What do we need to do? And so he says these words, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you too will receive the Holy Spirit. He says that um, uh, the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all who are far off, to all whom the Lord our God will call. And so we see there's an open-ended outpouring of the Holy Spirit to all of us today. And so we need to repent. We need to surrender our lives to Jesus as Lord and Savior and ask to be filled to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we are empowered to live the life God has planned for us to live. Okay? So when we look at week two, I talked about how the Holy Spirit is a person. I talked about the Trinity quite a bit, how the Trinity is a doctrine of Christianity that is trying to describe how God has revealed himself to us in three persons, and yet he's only one God, but three persons. It's a mystery, right? And so I talked about that in week two, how the Holy Spirit is a person. He's just like the Father God is a person to us. Jesus Christ is a person to us, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit is a person as well with a personality. And God wants you and you need to experience God in all three aspects. And here's how I broke it down. I believe every one of us has a deep need to experience the love of the Father. The love of the Father. So many of us have been hurt in life by our human fathers, our human mothers. So many people feel worthless, um, cast away, unimportant, unnoticed. I mean, talking to people all the time, who go through that and feel that. And yet God wants you to experience His love, His love, the Father's love. When you have a revelation and a profound experience of God's love for you, it fills your tank and it washes away all those other feelings from other human experiences that we've had, from other hurt and rejection and loneliness and, and those things that I just mentioned. And you need the Father's love. It will bring security to you. It will bring wholeness to you. Um, it will bring confidence to you. Your identity is in, is in the Father's love. And so I pray that revelation for you that you'll experience the Father's love. For God so loved the world, right? He gave His one and only Son. We see that it's the love of the Father that um, is so profound that we need. But also we need not just the love of God, but we need to be saved. So God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus, 
who died for our sins, that we might be saved, that we might be rescued out of death itself, redeemed from sin, and uh, uh, grafted back into the family of God. And so we need to experience Jesus as our Savior. We need to repent, as I just read from Acts chapter 2, and turn from living life on our terms, on our way, as our own God, and surrender our lives to Jesus as Savior. And He saves us. We need to experience the salvation of Jesus. So we need the love of the Father, the saving power of Jesus to, to be born again and reconnect with God, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit Himself, the, the presence of God Himself in us is the power that we need to live this new life, to live free from sin, to, li to, to live in victory over the enemy, to live a supernatural life, to live a life of significance and impact. And so God himself comes to power us, to empower us, to live in us, to be with us, to be our strength and our source and our wisdom in all matters concerning our life. And we need that personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like we need the saving power of Jesus and the love of the Father. And then last week, Megan did a great job of sharing with us how the Holy Spirit isn't just a person, but the Holy Spirit is God. The revelation of this is so that you and I can see that the Holy Spirit living in us is not just a ghost or some kind of a, a power, but it is the presence of God himself, which is huge when we look at the qualities of God. If we understand who God really is, and now he is in us and with us everywhere we go, every time we walk through a door, the presence of God is walking in that door with us. We will never have any fear. We will never be intimidated because we are filled with and, and, and the presence of God himself is with us. Which means this, here's some of the qualities that we talked about. First of all, these are qualities that only God possesses. God is the only one who is without a beginning and without an end. We use the word eternal to describe that, that, those qualities. God is eternal and he created everything. So all of us, we have a beginning. But God loves us so much, he's so cool, that he extends his eternal qualities to us by giving us the opportunity to have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's how much God loves you. He's sharing his very nature of eternity with us, although we're not eternal because we have a beginning. But we can have eternal life from our beginning. We cannot have an end. And that's God's will for you, is that you would experience everlasting life through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The second quality that Megan mentioned was he's omnipresent, which means God's everywhere all at once, which also means for you and for me, with regards to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is in me here in this room, and he's right now in you where you're watching this from. And he can be in all of us, and he is everywhere all the time, no matter where we are. And it's not just we get a part of him, we all have the whole presence of him. Now, of course, this is a quality that we can't really wrap our minds around because we can't do that physically. It's beyond the physical limitations of 
our existence. But God, but that's why God is God. God can do things that nobody else can do. He can be everywhere fully present at the same time. And he is. And then the third quality Megan mentioned was he's omniscient, which means he knows everything. He knows everything. He, he knows way more you know, about you than even you know about you. This is so powerful because God is with us. He even knows and understands our true feelings, our true hurts, our true pains, our insecurities. He understands where those things are coming from even better than we do. And we can invite him into that process of trying to figure out what's going on in our lives. We can ask God, God, show me why do I feel this way? God, show me why do I keep doing this? Holy Spirit, reveal to me, show me what do I need to learn? Is there anything I need to let go of? What's going on here? And he can speak to us and help us. He's our helper. So it's just phenomenal to know that God is with me, but he also knows everything. God, what do I do in this situation? Holy Spirit, show me what to do with my, my son, my daughter, with my marriage, with this decision. Show me what, what, what path to take. Have you, have you developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit where you're actually asking for his help? on these kinds of matters because he will help you. That's what he's here for, to give us supernatural guidance and wisdom because he knows everything. He even knows the future. And, and actually will reveal some of those things to us as he, as he deems. Uh, John 16, 13, Jesus says this. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit's going to come. He will guide you into all truth. You can trust him because everything that he, he uh, guides you in is full of truth. And he will actually also tell you what is to come. He will show you things before they happen. Wow, it's just that's just remarkable. This is... Um, who God is. He is for you. He will equip you with everything that you need to be uh, successful and to experience the life that he wants you to have. It's just amazing. And the fourth quality we're going to look at, and there's many more to God, but this is the last one we're going to look at today, is he's omnipotent, which means God is all-powerful, right? There's no power that even comes close to God's power because God created everything else, everything else including um, including angels, which Satan is a fallen angel. And so Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan isn't this equal opposite power. And somehow we got this cosmic Greek mythology battle going on between a good God and a bad God. No, 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 no. That's not even close to the truth. That's not um, good doctrine at all. God is creator and he created everything. And, uh, and Satan is a fallen angel, a fallen created being. And God can just flick him, right, with, with, his, with his finger. There's no contest between the power of God and the power of the devil. And so we need to know this because if God is in you, which he is, his Holy Spirit, then the all-powerful one is with you to defeat sin and to defeat the devil in your life. 
There isn't supposed to be a real struggle match here. When we are living in the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no contest with Satan's power coming against you. God has equipped you with everything that you need to overcome all of the, the, the power of the enemy in your life. Praise the Lord. But it's not you. It is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God working in tandem in your life that gives you the authority and the power over the power of the enemy. So many people are trying to use them, their, their own energy, their own insight, their own um, power to defeat sin or defeat the devil. But you can't. But you can if you're relying on the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. That's the difference. Yes, you have everything you need in Him, but in yourself, you can do nothing. You see, so we need to have a dynamic, personal, current, meaningful relationship with the Holy Spirit so we can have the discernment, the wisdom, the understanding of what's coming against us in our life from the enemy. And so uh, today I want to talk about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So again, we talked about how the promise of the Holy Spirit is here and it's for everyone. It is for everyone right now whom the Lord our God calls. We can all experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then we talked about how the Holy Spirit is a person and how he is God. But today let's talk a little bit and start this discussion on what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And there's many purposes to the Holy Spirit, but we're going to start with a gen, uh, just a generic um, word, okay? And I'm going to say that the Holy Spirit is our helper. Let's just keep it simple for now. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. He's here to help me. The Holy Spirit helps us access and live out our new life in Christ, okay? So Jesus said this in John 16, 14, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So Jesus, in my translation, is using the word counselor. Some translations use the word comforter and some use the word helper. We're going to look at that word in a second. In John 16, 7, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, comforter, helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so Jesus went and then we received 10 days later, right? We received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the helper. So what does this mean, this word mean? In Greek, it's the word parakletos, okay? Which means summoned or called to one side or called to one's aid. So God himself has placed the Holy Spirit in a role to come alongside of us, to aid us, to help us in every aspect of our Christian life. In every detail of our life, God is here in the form of the Holy Spirit to help us. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. If you just keep it that simple, then it helps you understand that there's so many things that the Holy Spirit can do for us, in us, and through us. Because He is here to help us 
fully in every area of our Christian experience. It also comes with it, this connotation of, of a legal aid or like a counsel for the defense. And I want to talk about that a little bit today, how one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is, is to help us live out our new life in Christ. And part of that role is to be like our defense attorney. Um, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. Here's some other things that the Holy Spirit does for us, okay? The Holy Spirit helps us to live a new godly life, to defeat sin and to defeat Satan. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. He also helps us to be witnesses of and to bring people to the knowledge of the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts to help us prosper in life. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve and to minister to others, to make a difference with our life. The difference, or the, if you want to use the word fruitfulness of our existence, does not come from our sweat. It does not come from our own personal agendas or accomplishments. But the fruitfulness of our existence is going to come through the working of the Holy Spirit in our life and through our life. And that comes directly from Him and as a result of Him. And the Holy Spirit teaches us and guides us into the fullness of Christ. So the overall purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be the presence and power of God with us in everyday living. That's why we're calling this series Spirit Living. Learning to access this gift, the presence of God to help us at all times, to begin to turn our attention and our focus to the Holy Spirit in our everyday activities. Instead of just living life on our own and then having religious moments, let's live in the presence of God all the time, all the time. And so the Holy Spirit is our helper to defeat sin, to fend off the enemy, to witness of, of Jesus, to have supernatural power, to make a difference, and to be like Jesus, to walk into the fullness of our new life in Christ. And so um, there's three truths on how the Holy Spirit helps us access and live out our new life in Jesus that I want to share with us, okay? So I'm going to read a passage out of John chapter 16, verses 8 to 11. And here it goes. It says, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, Jesus is talking, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus comes back and he fills in a couple of the gaps there of what he's trying to say. In verse 9 he says, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. Verse 10, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father. Where? you can see me no longer. In verse 11, in, in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So Jesus um, makes this statement, and then he gives one verse to each of these three statements to try to bring more explanation to it. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was in this uh, calculus class. It was Calc 3. And I had Professor Yi who spoke in a very strong Chinese accent. And he was a brilliant mathematician. And he was so smart that when we were in class, he would be doing an equation and he would be working out a problem. And he'd draw, let's say he would draw up uh, or write on the board 
you know, one of the steps. And then he would go and then he would write the next step. But we had such a hard time following him because he was so smart in his mind. He would do two or three different operations in which I would normally write out myself separately as, a, as an individual step. And he would leap to like a third or fourth step down. And we would all look at it and look at each other like, how did he get there? Because he's just jumping to a, a conclusion that we couldn't see all the in-betweens. Well, Jesus is kind of doing something like that right here. He says this statement and he comes back and he fills it in a little bit. But I want to fill in a couple extra steps of what Jesus is really saying. Because it's so powerful if you take time to dissect what he's saying. So here's three things he's saying. Number one, he says that the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Those are the three things we're going to talk about. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. So let me explain what he's saying here. The Holy Spirit is, is here to convict the world, not just that they're bad, you know, when we say, oh, the Holy Spirit here is here to convict us of sin. He's not here to show us how bad we are, uh, to make us feel um, worthless, evil, screwed up, you know. There's a sin that Jesus says the Holy Spirit is here to convict the world of, and it is a specific sin. It is the sin of not believing in Him. So the Holy Spirit convicts you and me and everyone else in this world of our need for Jesus. Now, think about this. When Jesus was here, he wasn't pounding on sinners. He wasn't like making everybody feel horrible about themselves. He was bringing them to himself. There was mercy and compassion. In fact, Jesus said things like, I, I didn't come... Uh, for the righteous, I came for the sinner. I didn't come for the healthy, those who are doing great. I came for the sick, right? The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And we see the heart of God. Jesus shows up. And in fact, one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? Later in that verse, in verse 17, it says, for for." For he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. The Holy Spirit is the same God as Jesus, right? He's just a different person. And so the Holy Spirit isn't here to beat people up. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is bringing people to this place where they see their need for Jesus. Has that happened in your life? Have you seen that you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, you know what I'm talking about. It, it was the love of God that brought you to the revelation of Jesus as Savior and your need for Him. It wasn't um, the anger of God or the condemn, condemning you know, of God uh, or fear of God that causes people to repent. That's, fake. that's a fake conversion when you're only doing it because you're afraid. Now, that's not real. What's real is the love of God the heart of God is love, is rescuing his children and showing us we need him, that we cannot make it without him. We're dying without him, right? 
And so the Holy Spirit is not here to beat people up. The Holy Spirit is here to show people we need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of what I would call maybe legalistic Christians will use this scripture incorrectly and will assign the Holy Spirit as a role of convicting us and, and making us feel bad about our sin. And I just completely disagree with that. It's for this next statement that I'm about to read. But before I do, um, this is what Jesus says. John 15, 26. When the Counselor comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Do you see what the Holy Spirit is doing? The Holy Spirit is going to testify about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to work through people, through the church, through you, through me, through the Word, to bring people to Jesus. That's His role. That's what that means when Jesus says, um, in regard to sin, convicting the world of sin, because men do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit is trying to bring people to know Jesus as Lord. So the second one is this, righteousness. Right? The Holy Spirit says here, Jesus says, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. What's he talking about? Because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. So here's what he's saying. The Holy Spirit convicts you and me, not of our sin, although the initial sin of needing Jesus, right? Not believing in him, I need Jesus. But actually, the rest of our Christian life, the Holy Spirit's convicting us of our righteousness, that we are right before God. Because when we receive the revelation that we are forgiven of all of our sin, and that, that, that sets me free from the past, I'm no longer that person. I'm no longer defined by that. That's no longer my identity. I'm free. I'm free. I'm forgiven. It empowers us to live in our new identity in Jesus. Some people have the opposite opinion. They think that we need to be, we need to, like a dog, we need to have our nose, you know, stuffed in our sin. Like if a dog pees in the house, I've seen some people grab a dog and yell at them and stuff their nose right into that pee and yell at them and no and hit them, you know. And, and some people think that that's how God uh, should be with us and our sin, that the Holy Spirit wants to stuff our nose in it, say, Dad, what are you doing? That's wrong. You know, why are you doing all that stuff? And a lot of people live like this. But that's not what the Scriptures is telling us. The Holy Spirit is actually showing us who we are. Hey, that's not you anymore. This is who you are. Wow, and that cuts off those chains, sets us free from those labels, heals us from those hurts, and it allows us to be like Jesus, to walk into the good of who we really are. So Jesus says this in John chapter 16, verses 14 to 15. He says, He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And so the Holy Spirit is taking the truths, he's the Spirit of truth, that he's receiving from Jesus, and he's showing us this is who you are in Jesus. This is who you are now. This is your new identity. This is who you are. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. 
Um, John 16, 13, Jesus says, When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He's going to lead us out of all that stuff into who we really are. So this is so powerful. Now, the reason Jesus says that um, I am going to the Father is because the Bible tells us that Jesus is our advocate and that he actually goes before us into heaven. 1 John 2.1 says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have a defense attorney in heaven too. It's Jesus, the Son of God, who's sitting at the right hand of God. And this is what he's doing. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. Because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely, save completely, those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And so we see that Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father, interceding in between our sin and God, and he's deflecting it all, and he's saying, I paid for that, I paid for that, my blood covered that, my blood covered that. Mercy, grace, they're forgiven, they're cleansed, they're washed, they're new. And that is the continual ministry Jesus is having right now in heaven, deflecting all the accusations of the enemy against you and against me. This is powerful, powerful stuff. The Holy Spirit is here to also be your advocate, your comforter, your helper, your defense attorney, to tell you and to teach you that's not who you are. The enemy is trying to tell you that, but that's not who you are. This is who you are now in Jesus. This is what's true of you. And that's what transforms us. That's what sets us free. Wow. Guilt does not set people free. Forgiveness sets people free. Righteousness sets people free. You have been made righteous through Christ. You're free. Walk out of that. Walk out of that. Which leads me to my final point of what Jesus is saying in terms of judgment, right? A lot of people, again, would say, oh, you're going to be judged. You're going to be, yes, we're going to be judged, but listen to the kind of judgment Jesus is talking about. Listen to this. He says, in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Who's being judged? Remember, Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, to judge the world right now. That's not why Jesus came, but to save the world. But who stands condemned right now? The prince of this world, Satan, the devil. He is condemned. He is stripped of his authority and his power. He no longer has any power or authority over your life. Jesus has defeated him and stripped him of all of his power and authority. This is how the Bible puts it. Okay? First of all, I want to go through this together in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He took it away, uh, nailing it to the cross. And the Bible says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. 
And so I, I built this little uh, 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 jail cell here, okay? And the Bible would, would put, paint this picture that we were like criminals, right? Our sin condemned us. We were on death row. We're behind the bars. We've lost our freedom. We've lost our life. And we are going to be condemned. We are condemned. And we are, we are just awaiting our execution, if you will. And this is what sin has done to us. And Satan has imprisoned us through sin, through deception to sin. We've fallen short of God. We've been separated from God. We walked away. We rebelled against God. And now this is our fate. This is our fate. We are in prison. We are uh, determined guilty. Our judgment is execution, death. And, and it's happening. And then the Bible says that through Jesus, what Jesus did is he took our place. He took our death. He took our punishment so that we could be free. So we come out. We walk out of that death sentence. We're no longer condemned. The legal indebtedness, our legal paperwork, the legal um, uh, judgment against us that put us in this position has been canceled. It's been ripped up because Jesus came and he actually paid our penalty for us. Now, if you believe this, which you should, then that means you no longer need to stay in prison. And there's all kinds of forms of this bondage in our life that Jesus has come to set us free from. All kinds of forms. There's bondage of, of just um, fear. There can be bondage of depression. There can be bondage of hopelessness. There can be addictions in our life. There can be sin, can be keeping us bound, keeping us in that prison. But we do not have to live in there any longer. And what the Holy Spirit does, one of the Holy Spirit's role in our lives, is to show us, you don't belong in here any longer. Come on out of there. You can break those chains. Get out of there. You're meant to be free. So let me give you a couple of scriptures just to anchor these points in your heart. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said this, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So the enemy wants to put you back in here. He wants to discourage you. He wants to fill you with fear. He wants to beat you up, make you sick, make you depressed, um, you know, bind you with addictions. Uh, he wants to ruin your life. He wants to put you back in here. But Jesus says, I'm giving you the power to overcome his power in your life. You can get out of that lifestyle of brokenness and experience a fullness in him. But it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit working in and through you. It's the power of God. It's God himself that helps us defeat sin and break off the shackles of, of that old identity and walk in freedom. Colossians 1, 21 to 23 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Listen to this. To present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. 
holy, without blemish, and free. This is what Christ has done so that you are presented before God, holy, without blemish, and free from accusation. And then there's this dash, and then the verse continues. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. All right? So the gospel and faith in Jesus sets us free. We come out of there. But we could go back if we lose our hope in the gospel. If we drop our faith in what Jesus has done for us and we begin to live under the chirpings of the enemy. Okay, so we stumble, so we sin. And the enemy jumps on that and says, ah, get back in there. Get back in there. Look at you. You're no good. You're not worthy. You're, you've fallen from grace, right? Or, hey, just turn to this. This is what will make you more happy, okay? And so we, we can return to here because the Bible says you are holy. You're without blemish. You are free from accusation. And the Holy Spirit wants to continue to reinforce those truths. But the enemy wants to say the opposite to you. He wants to put you back in the old self. He wants you to put you back in this cell of brokenness and bondage. And, and so that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do, is help us win those battles, to overcome those wrong thoughts, to cancel those curses and those voices that are trying to accuse us. Remember, the name of Satan in Hebrew is Hasatan, the accuser. He's the prosecuting attorney, and he is a liar, and he's out to falsely um, uh, condemn you and accuse you. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth who is helping you see that's a lie. That's not who you are. He's your defense attorney, and he's He's uh, shouting down all of the accusations of the enemy against you. The Holy Spirit inside of you and the Word of God. Yes, it's true that you sin, but what's truer than your sin is that you're forgiven through what Jesus has done. And so that's the next step in your journey to set yourself apart from the old self and to walk into this new life. God has for you is learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit, not listen to the enemy, not listen to yourself, <laughs> but listen to the spirit of truth. Jesus says, when you know the truth, the truth what? Sets you free. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He wants you to live in freedom. Paul says this in Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, called to be free. And so Galatians 5, 16 to 17, Paul says, so I say, live by the spirit, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So we have spirit living over here and we have self living over here. And self living results in bondage and brokenness and just a resistance to all that God has for you. But spirit living is freedom. 
It's fullness, right? So we have the fruits of these different lifestyles. The Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? When you're walking in the Spirit, you have all authority over the enemy. Nothing can harm you. The enemy has no power over you through the Holy Spirit, through the authority, through the Holy Spirit living in and through you. But the fruits of that lifestyle, as I mentioned at the outset of this message, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits. That's the lifestyle that you will, you will the life qualities that you'll have as you're living increasingly by the Holy Spirit. But there's fruits of the flesh. There's fruits of the sinful nature. There's fruits of living a self-life, right? I mean, and that list is really long. Pride, selfishness, envy, jealousy, anger, immorality, lust, fear, discord. I mean, we could go on and on and on. It's death. The Bible summarizes it as death. Life in the flesh, in the selfish uh, lifestyle is death. But life in the spirit is life. We can just summarize it that way. Death, life. So let's choose life. I want to pray for you. Uh, right now, I don't know what stuck out to you. But if there's any of this going on in your life right now, you can walk out of that prison. You can walk out of that depression. You can walk out of that fear. You can walk out of that unforgiveness. You can walk out of that anger. You can walk out of that addiction with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You can do that. It's in you. He is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And I just want to pray for you today that you will surrender your life to Jesus, repent of your sin, and give your life to Him as Savior. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit so you can have that help in everything that's going on in your life. And then through the leading of the Holy Spirit and God's Word, you can walk out, overcome the power of the enemy in your life. Let's pray together. Today, Lord Jesus, we come to you and we thank you that you are our Savior. Father God, I thank you for your love that you have poured out onto us. Jesus, we thank you for the blood that you have poured out for us to be saved. And Lord, we receive you today as our Lord and Savior. We repent of living life on our own terms. And we see our need for you as Lord and Savior of our lives. And we just surrender by faith everything we are to you. And now, Lord, send. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come upon me. Come upon us. Come upon my brother, my sister watching right now. Come upon us, Holy Spirit, right now. I pray that you would just come and fill us and empower us and comfort us and to lead us and guide us into truth, overcoming sin, overcoming the power of the enemy, helping us to walk out this new life that you have for each and every one of us. I break in the name of Jesus the bondages of the devil over my friend that's watching right now. Lord, whatever they're contending with, I think that greater is he who's in them, the Holy Spirit, than he who's in this world, the devil. Lord, that there's no contest. I pray that in Jesus' name, each one of my friends right now will rise up 
and the authority that you have given them to overcome and to break off any of these lies of the enemy that he's been speaking to their hearts so they can get out of that prison and walk in freedom today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I agree with them. I agree with you as you're praying, as you're, as you're activating the authority God has given you. I agree with you in the name of the Lord. Let there be a breakthrough in your life today, a freedom for you today, a turning point for you today through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, it's time. It's time for us to live a different life. Let's keep pressing into all that God has for you and for me. Get in your Bibles. Get in prayer. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's begin to take that ground back that God has promised to you and to me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day, a great week.